Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Mmm. Hmm. Tastes a little different this morning. Maybe that's just me. I No, I don't have COVID. Now, anytime somebody says uh, that they taste something, tastes funny, it's like, oh, have you lost your sense of smell and taste? It's COVID. Today is Tuesday, March 1st, and it is Mardi Gras. Ooh. Happy Mardi Gras. Um, guess I've been to various kinds of Mardi Gras. Um, my mom lived in New Orleans for a while, and so I've been to, um, I've actually never been there on Fat Tuesday, on the Tuesday itself. I've been there for lead up. Um, I've also attended Mardi Gras type things in um, Memphis. Went to a ball when I was in college. It was fun. So uh, I know it's um, different sorts of festivals in other parts of the world, in Netherlands and Italy, it's Carnival. So if you are on video, you will see I am wearing my enormous, ginormous Mardi Gras earrings uh, that are masks, one on either side. I guess I could have put on beads. I didn't put beads on uh, purple, green, and gold are Mardi Gras colors. So, so yeah, a little bit of Mardi Gras festivizing here. I do have tons of Mardi Gras beads, not nearly as many as I used to. And no, I never showed anyone my tits. So that's a thing. For those of you who don't know uh, U.S. tradition, uh, when the floats go by, the the boys on the floats will yell out, show us your tits. And the girls will lift up their shirts, some of them, and show their, their breasts to get like the really good beads. And uh, a friend of mine pointed out, uh, who was a detective in New Orleans, he was like, don't show those yahoos your breasts when you can go buy that string of beads, like the really good beads, the really good ones. You know, you could go buy it in any store along here for like $10, $12. Like, isn't it worth more than that? I was like, huh, that's a good point. I was going to say something else, but I won't. So... <sighs> so yeah I did not write yesterday I just did release day things um, I was as you guys know if you listened yesterday I was feeling very empty brained um, and I'm perkier today so we'll see I need to now get into the business of reorienting my brain back into thinking about the Storm Princess and the Raven King, tying up Heirs of Magic. I guess I should say that um, release day yesterday went fantabulous. Uh, you guys are awesome. Wonderful, um, you know, additional sales on top of the pre-orders. I'm, I'm very happy. I also anticipate it will go on this week. One thing that we talk about a whole lot, and I know I, I'll come back to Storm Princess, because I did want to talk about release day stuff, especially if you're indie, is because when we get to choose what day we release on, 
is there's um, all this debate of what is the best day to release books. If you're traditionally published, books come out on Tuesday. And so you guys may or may not know this, but the reason that traditionally books come out on Tuesday is because the New York Times bestseller list comes out on Wednesday. And which means that they would go to press on Tuesday night or Tuesday afternoon. So they would count sales up through Monday. So the publishers started releasing books on Tuesday because that gave the books a full week of sales before the New York Times counted them for the bestseller list. That's why Tuesday. That's why Tuesday is the magic publishing day. I think it's funny, you know, like how the, how the tail ends up wagging the dog on these things. My nose has been itching lately. Doesn't that mean that like someone's giving you a gift or something? <laughs> I can never keep track of the superstitions. Um, yeah, so, so that's why. And now we know that the New York Times bestseller list is even more a combination of black magic, smoke and mirrors, and sleight of hand because there are books that how do I put this? How do I say this delicately? Maybe by not saying it delicately at all. Uh, there is certainly exchanges of favors, if not money, uh, for books to be placed on the bestseller list because the publisher wants them there regardless of sales. If you're looking at it um, from a purely numbers perspective, those numbers are from particular bookstores. So the New York Times bestseller list counts books sold in bookstores. I don't know how they're doing ebook sales since didn't they add it or maybe it's USA Today that added ebooks. But so like even counting just paper books, it wasn't even all paper books. It was paper books at particular bookstores. And, and I know this because uh, when I, back when I lived in Laramie, Wyoming, I had a very good friend who was um, a manager at the local independent bookstore and she worked very hard to get that bookstore to be one of the bookstores whose sales counted towards New York Times bestseller list in order to support oh, one of the Wyoming authors, uh, CJ Box. So so, you know, it's interesting. It's always been very selective, very, um, very much picking and choosing only particular uh, venues, books, and so forth. So if you're self-publishing, there are some people who will release on Tuesday if they're really trying to hit a list. Um, I'm really am not persuaded that it makes any difference to hit a list not just for the sake of hitting a list. And that's something I notice a whole lot with self-publishers is that, that we can take these things that are hallmarks of success and kind of um, put the cart before the horse, as it were. So something like, um, like one hallmark of success is selling enough books to hit a bestseller list. So now there are all of these people who have reverse engineered it and figured out ways to hit a bestseller list so that they can have those letters and say USA Today, uh, USAP bestseller, because then 
it gives them the hallmark of success. But you didn't actually get there because of the success of the books. You just picked this thing. Another one I've noticed is people commissioning. This is funny. They commission fan art. And it's like, well, fan art is art that fans of the books create because they love the books. And so it's a great hallmark of success, right? When somebody's so inspired by your books that they create art about it. So some of these self-publishers are going out and commissioning, paying artists to create what they call fan art. But it's not actually fan art. So, you know, it's all of these things where you sort of create this window dressing, the appearance of success in order to be successful. Um, you know, and I do get that there's you know, some of that uh, magical thinking and manifestation, realization of the, um, you know, like dressing for the job you want to have kind of thing. But, and I'm not saying that people should do those things, but I think don't make, don't mistake it for anything but what it is. So, other than that, if you're self-publishing, then the question becomes, where do you, when, what day do you publish on for maximal success? And, and kind of the answer is, we don't know. It doesn't seem to matter. Uh, I try not to publish on Tuesdays because all of the trad books are published on Tuesdays each week. And so there just tends to be a glut. Uh, at the same time, you know, like a high tide floats all boats. Um, you know, maybe there's something to that, to being on Tuesday. This time I published on the 28th because on a Monday, because it was the very last day of February <laughs> and I wanted that Amazon money, um, a month earlier, right? So if I'd published today instead of yesterday, then I would have gotten the money for that book. Um, as it is, I'll get this at the end of April. If I'd published today, I would have gotten it at the end of May. So it's a significant difference for me so far as money flow. So yeah, because I was behind on the book, I picked the very last day of February that I could, um, and made it. Woohoo! So, so that's awesome. But now I'm interested to see, cause I think normally I would not have picked a Monday and yesterday was a very, very quiet day. Um, I know a lot of people are staying off of social media because of the war in Ukraine. Um, it's just, it's been a lot. And the people who are online are paying attention to that and not to other things. So yesterday felt very quiet as far as release days go. But I've noticed already today, I've noticed already today that there have been some more people popping up and congratulating me on the release of Grey Magic. And I'm interested to see if like some of those um, usual, you know, like where people do the weekly roundup of releases, if some of those pick it up today, because a lot of people just do those on Tuesdays um, and pick up all the books, both trad and self-published for the week. Um, so maybe that will create a, a nice tale for this book, which is definitely something we want. Uh, we want to keep those sales up for the, the entire week. Also, and you've heard it here, um, the first book, Dark Wizard, is going to be a Kindle Daily Deal on Friday. 
uh, Amazon offered that to me so that's pretty awesome. So I'm really going to try to keep that momentum going this week and uh, yeah it was great timing on their part. I think they may have been watching the pre-orders on Grey Magic. I mean that makes sense doesn't it? So maybe that is the one thing about Amazon for as much as we um, bitch about them is that Amazon is very invested in selling books and so they they help us sell books and that's kind of an awesome thing that they are running these algorithms all the time and looking at stuff and looking at how to boost sales. So um, yeah so that's all my stuff on release. I'm interested to see how it goes this week. Uh, you know it is a funny time and I think we're all very concerned. <laughs> um, so it goes right. So yes now I need to get my head out of release of gray magic out of bonds of magic. I need to start thinking about Storm Princess and the Raven King tying up this series and how do I do that? I don't know. Um, so I did this very interesting online panel yesterday with um, pro writing aid. They'd asked uh, Sephwin if we would be interested in putting together a panel and I handed the task off to Lexi Chantal who listens. Hi Lexi. Lexi did an amazing job. She ended up with me and Mary Robinette Kowal and and I think it was great. Uh, she had asked other people and for various reasons people couldn't do it that day. It was yesterday was a strange day. I don't know what everyone was so busy doing. So people couldn't do it so it ended up being just the three of us and Lexi did a great job of asking questions. I feel like you didn't talk about your own books enough Lexi but that's what you get for getting me and Mary Robinette on something is we will both talk a lot. But the um, audience was super engaged and asked great questions and it was really fun and Mary Robinette I think is very smart and and we have very different processes. And so it was just interesting to to look at you know like how she does things versus how I do things and you know for me I think so much of it has to do with whether or not you're an analytical whether you take an analytical approach or an intuitive approach almost more so I think that's even more important than looking at things in terms of whether or not you are a pre plotter or an architect versus a pantser or a gardener. Um, I think whether how you approach the process of writing whether for you it's an analytical thing which I think it very much is for Mary Robinette the way she describes things. She um she works she's accustomed to working with teams because she comes out of theater and so she actually has people read along as you know, she stays a couple of chapters ahead but she has people read along and give her feedback on the story as she writes and she adjusts accordingly um, which I said gives me hives. I, it's hard for me to imagine doing that having that feedback. I um, I want to to be in the story and I think it's because 
I am an intuitive writer. And it's difficult for me sometimes when people try to get me to approach the story analytically because I just can't. Um, I think that's partly why I'm not a pre-plotter because I just, you know, when people ask me like, well, what is this character's goal? I, my brain just doesn't work that way, which is funny because I'm very analytical in other ways. But as far as the creativity, I'm very much an intuitive writer. So I feel like when I'm going, moving back into the story and finding these characters again, it's kind of a, it feels like a process of submersion, of concentrating and getting into that. So, so one of the things I'm thinking about today is that uh, the Nebula finalists uh, calls will start going out. And I have already seen the list of finalists for this year's Nebulas and approved it. And now it goes through a couple of stages of verification, but then I will probably be making some phone calls today. So, which is a fun thing to do. It's definitely a perk of being president, but I also feel like it's going to interfere with me sinking into this story. That's why um, Mary Robinette talking about working so collaboratively uh, kind of gives me hives because all I can imagine is like having so many other voices in my head as I'm writing, which she loves, apparently. I mean, that's that feeds her. Um, I don't want none of y'all's voices in my head. <laughs> Maybe I'm feeling Southern today with uh, with the Mardi Gras. Missing the South. I haven't been to New Orleans in a while. World Fantasy Convention is in New Orleans in November, and I'm considering going. That would be nice, wouldn't it? When was the last time I was there? Might have been the RT conference in 2014, 2015. Surely I've been there since then. I don't know. All right. Well, this isn't interesting. So, um, so yeah, uh, wish me luck getting back into the story. Uh, congratulations to those of you who are Nebula finalists. The um, British Science Fiction Awards also announced, was it British Science Fiction? Hold on. I was wondering why my counter wasn't going up. Um, so yes, it is the British Science Fiction Association. And they, uh, they announced that yesterday. Nebula finalists will start um, being notified today and that'll announce after. Um, I just wanted to remind you all that uh, if you are not a nominee, shortlisted, a finalist, if your books didn't make this, uh, that that is only one kind of recognition. Yes, it's a hallmark of success. We're coming back to this. You know, how do you know what what are the uh, emblems of success? What are the milestones? Yeah, getting nominated for awards, winning an award, those are those are one kind. They are not the only kind. Um, having readers read and love your books that's the most important thing. Uh, not having bestseller letters after your name, not having art of your characters commissioned or uh, 
I want to say authentically generated. There, people receive things in different ways and do different stuff with it. So, um, so yeah, if you are an author or other kind of artist out there and it can be difficult during award season when these awards are announced and very often it's the same names on these lists because those are the ones that um, a small community of people has decided is worthy of this particular kind of recognition. Um, don't, don't worry about it because keep in mind that's one community of people and it's not, it's not everybody and it's not the only thing. So on that note, I'm going to wander off and see about getting my head back in this book. And I will talk to you all on um, Tuesday. You all take care. Happy Fat Tuesday. <laughs>